Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome back to the 21 Seconds Podcast. I'm your host, Colt White, and this episode is brought to you by Dunn Ranch, located in Winniewood, Oklahoma. Standing Jess Lips, One Valiant Hero, Highest Fire, Dashmaster Jess, and the young, well-bred sire, PYC Fun and Fancy. This is one of my favorite stallion lineups in the country. Make sure you book a breeding to one of them in 2021. They are definitely worth the stud fee. If breeding to a stud is not what you're looking for, then don't worry. Dunn Ranch also folds out mares. They can take care of your embryo transfers and semen transfers, and they're one of the best in the country when it comes to sale prep. They can pretty much help you with anything at Dunn Ranch, and for more info, go find them on Facebook and Instagram, and you can also go to their website, dunranch.com, or give them a call at 580-279-6666. That's 580-279-6666. All right, everyone, before we get into the stakes recap from the past weekend, in case you haven't heard, the Remington Park Court Horse season has been delayed just uh, three days from March 4th to March 7th. On a Sunday will be opening day, which will hold the Oklahoma Derby and Oklahoma Paint and Appaloosa Futurity Trials that opening day. Oklahoma Futurity Trials scheduled for Monday the 8th and then the 9th. Uh, I believe they have the SLM Big Daddy and the Mighty Deck 3 stakes on tap. Uh, they said it was mainly to give more time to those two-year-olds that didn't get a chance to go to the schooling races, but, hell, you only gave them two extra days. Could have used two extra weeks since the schooling races are behind two weeks, but I guess that's why I'm not running Remington Park. They might know something that I don't. Uh, not too crazy about it, but we'll see how it turns out. Should be a long day of trials. It sounds like they're going to be one day of trials again for the Oklahoma Futurity on Monday. That'll be a long day. They'll probably start early in the day. The wind will probably be a factor out there in Oklahoma City, if I had to guess. So let's get into the stakes recap from the past weekend, starting on February 13th out at Los Alamitos. The Grade 1 Los Alamitos Winter Derby, $203,000 as the purse at 400 yards. It was a fantastic race. Wire-to-wire win from number 6, Flashback, getting his first stakes win of his career in the Winter Derby. Two for two in 2020. A 3-year-old gelding by Moon and the Eagle. Out of the check him out, Mayor checking back. Dutch Masters 3, the owners. Jaime Gomez trains. Oscar Pinedo with the winning ride on the Missouri bred flashback. That pushes his earnings to 536000 career-wise. He's had five wins now from those nine starts and two seconds. Of course, last year a finalist in the All-American Futurity and runner-up in the Los Al 2 million before winning the Winter Derby this past weekend. A very impressive race. He looked much the best before the race as well. Just looked on his toes and ready to go on Saturday night. Running second after a sort of troubled start was number nine, Candy Blood. The apolitical blood gelding here. Looked like he almost brushed against the starting gate at the start and came on really well at the end. He looked like he was going to run farther back than a lot farther back than second. But he put it in a good late run to run second to flashback. And if flashback wasn't on top of his game, Candy Blood could have very well won this race. Third was number eight, Monopolist, one of the favorites as well from the Ed Allred Barn. Uh, put in a nice run as well. And then fourth was the 10, two-strike surprise. So I was just one horse off of getting the Superfecta in the Winter Derby this past weekend. Two-strike surprise instead of Leah Carroll is who I had for fourth. Leah Carroll ended up sixth with Doc Lamb fifth, then Coronado Kiss, AP Special Takeoff, and Gentleman Chuck. 
the time for the 400 yards, 19.511 seconds, a 98 speed index for flashback, an $85,000 winner's share here in the Winter Derby. And now let's look at the championship recap here. Championship is $157,000, another grade one at 400 yards. And the winner was number four, powerful favorite, two for two in 2021. A five-year-old gelding, my favorite cartel, out of the Corona Cartel, Mare Remember Me Rose, owned by Rosenthal Ranch, Chris O'Dell, the trainer, and Eduardo Nicasio had the winning ride on Powerful Favorite. Picked up his 14th win of his career in 24 starts, 960000 in earnings now for Powerful Favorite after the win there. And if he continues to do that well, we could very well see him pass the million-dollar mark in earnings this year. So I'll be excited to see that. He was my choice to win, so I was even happier that he got the win there very impressively over a great group of horses and powerful favorite. He defeated Pay Me in Front, who was number eight, put in a late charge there. And then Dr. Gene was third, number nine. And the two made over was fourth, followed by Bo's Time Machine, Red Hawk Cartel, Jess Macho Corona, Mr. Ricks, the fastest qualifier up for speed who had a bit of a troubled trip at the beginning through the end in that race. And the three separatist dash rounded out the field. A powerful favorite, covered the 400 yards in 19.498 seconds, slightly faster than the Derby, a 99 speed index, and he won it three quarters of a length over Pay Me in front. Picked up 66,000 for the win. Congratulations to the winning connections. A powerful favorite and flashback for the wins this past weekend. On Saturday, February 20th, the Los Alamitos race eight on the card. The Denim and Diamonds Handicap, grade three, $35,000 purse. Four-year-olds and up going 350 yards. We have a field of nine going forth in the Denim and Diamonds. And let's look at the field first. Number one is Royalties Molly at eight to one on the morning line. A filly here by Royalties Choice out of the Dash to Fame Mare, five-bar Molly. Owned by Eric Flores, Jesus Nunez, the trainer. And Victor Salazar will have the ride. Royalties Molly, one start in 2021, was second against Allowance Company back on January the 3rd out at Los Al. Two races back, was third in a trial out in California as well. There was a point in 2021, two in a row in June and July, made an Allowance Company. Twelve starts, two wins, two seconds, and two thirds for Royalties Molly, 19000 in earnings. The two is all prettied up at 20 to 1 on the morning line. She's my favorite cartel out of the on a high mare, pretty jet high. Ashley Garcia, the owner. Angela Aguino, the trainer, and Juan Leon will have the ride. Last time out for all prettied up was December 18th out of Los Al, was seventh in the A Ransom handicap. Two races back, runner up against Allowance Company. Then was also a finalist in the What a Way to Go, Sergeant Pepper handicap. Won the California Breeders' Debutante Stakes last year. Was third in the La Pacifica Handicap. And those are all the stakes races to her record. 42000 in earnings and three wins and 17 starts for all prettied up. Number three is Look of Love MV. Another one at 20 to 1. Four-year-old filly here by Walk Through Fire. Out of the Separatist Mare, take a look. Juan Moya, the owner. Jose Flores trains and Jairo Rangel will have the ride. One start this year for Look of Love MV was second on January 15th against Allowance Company out at La Salle. Two races back in December, won an allowance race out there and was sixth, three races back in another allowance. Runner-up 
two all prettied up and the California Breeders debutante stakes. And those are all the stakes to this Phillies record. 26000 in earnings for Look of Love MV. The four is Victorioso Dynastia, 12-1. to one. Another four-year-old here, my favorite cartel out of the FTD Dynasty mare, Forgotten Dynasty. Gerald Hartley, the owner. John Cooper trains and Erasmo Gasca will have the call on Victorioso Dynastia. Only time out was third against Allowance Company back on January the 3rd. Two races back was eighth in the A-Ransom Handicap. Also eighth in the Lost Damas Handicap Grade 2 and runner-up in the Million Vessels Memorial last September. Prior to that, had back-to-back wins against Claiming Company. Another one against Maiden Claiming Company last year. He's had three wins and 12 starts with three seconds and three-thirds lifetime. 47000 in earnings for Victorioso Dynastia. The five is the favorite, Kiss Through Fire. At four to five, another four-year-old filly here by Walk Through Fire out of the Mr. Jess Perry mare, Fridaville. Gentry Farms, the owners. Juan Alleman Trains and Raul Valenzuela will have the ride. Kiss Through Fire, the third richest horse in the country right now this early in the season, behind powerful favorite and flashback stakes winners this past weekend. Only start this year was a win in the Charger Bar Handicap, grade one. Two races back was runner-up in the Southern California Derby to Nomadic. Was also a finalist to the Super Derby and runner-up in the All-American Oaks last year. And as a two-year-old, was a finalist in the Los Alamitos 2 Million Futurity and the Golden State Million, as well as the Riadosa Futurity. Very nice walk through fire, Philly, here. 438000 in career earnings with six wins and 18 starts, four seconds on the resume from the Kentucky bred Kiss Through Fire. Going to be very tough to beat on Saturday. The six is Wambui at four to one on the morning line. A Philly by a favorite cartel out of the walkthrough fire mare, Babe on Fire. Ed Allred, the owner. Scott Willoughby trains and Oscar Andrade Jr. will have the call on Wambui. One start this year for this Philly. It was a win against Allowance Company last time out in early January. It's won back to back allowance races, in fact, going back to December of last year. And before that allowance, had a nine month break. Was, in, was sixth in the Los Alamitos Oaks Trials. Uh, apparently got hurt there. Took a few months off and then came back to win two in a row. Also a finalist in the AB What a Runner Handicap in 2020. Beginning of 2020. Earner of 32000 with four wins career-wise for Wham Bowie. The seven is Favorite Chick at 20-1. to one, A four-year-old by Favorite Cartel out of the Chicks Beduino Mare, Chicks Tell. Makes this filly a full sister to Tell Cartel, owned by Martha Wells, Matthew Fails Trains, and Armando Cervantes with the ride. Second in her only start this year was in the Cypress Handicap. Back on January 15th out of Los Alamitos, was fifth in the Los Damas Grade 2 in November, and a finalist in the What a Way to Go and runner-up in the Sergeant Pepper. Also a finalist last year in the Governor's Cup Derby, and one that was a finalist as well as a two-year-old in the California Breeders' Freshman Philly Stakes in 2019. Two wins, four seconds, and two-thirds in 18 starts. 37000 in earnings for favorite chick. Number eight is Tequila Sangria at 4-1. to one, A five-year-old mare by favorite cartel out of the Chicks Beduino mare, Why Not Bar. Steve Burns, the owner. Michael Castleman trains, and Cruz Mendez will have the ride. One start this year for Tequila Sangria was 10th in the Charger Bar Handicap. Trouble race there. It was six, two races back in September in the Million Vessels Memorial. And prior to that, Won the Flight 109 Handicap 
and the Charger Bar Handicap last year. Tequila Sangria did. Also won the Million Vessels Memorial in 2019, along with the Big Lou Handicap. And her two-year-old year was also a finalist in the Golden State Million Futurity. Those totals add up to six wins and 12 starts with one second, 177000 in earnings for Tequila Sangria. And rounding out the field was number nine, Gray Invader at 30-1. to 1. A four-year-old here by Royalty's Choice out of the VM Invader mare, Slick Invader. Robert Durame Jr., the owner. Felix Gonzalez trains and Jonathan Roman with the ride. One start this year for Gray Invader was seventh against Allowance Company at Los Al back at the beginning of January. Two races back in November, won an Allowance race out in California. Was third prior to that and has had three wins and 11 starts with one third, 21,000 in earnings for Gray Invader. So that's a look at the field. Uh, it's going to be very tough to beat the five horse Kiss Through Fire, so she's my top choice. Raul Valenzuela has been doing a great job on Kiss Through Fire as well as the whole team involved with her. 50,000 earnings, like I said, third richest horse right now this year. Had a very impressive resume last year. Had a little bit of a break, about six-week break since the Charger Bar Handicap. I think that will benefit her very well going into the Denim and Diamonds. Now for second, I'm going to go with number eight, Tequila Sangria. Not a very impressive start last time out, but it still made 177000 career-wise, and you can't overlook that in my opinion. Multiple stakes winner, won this race a year ago, and I always try to look for that. We'll see if she can go back-to-back in the Charger Bar Handicap and beat the favorite Kiss Through Fire. For third, I'm going to go with the six-wham buoy. Back-to-back wins and fairly lightly raced compared to the rest. 13 starts for this four-year-old. Just last year, didn't have many starts, like I said. I really like that. Uh, of course, she was probably injured, but still, rest is rest. 32000 earnings for Wham Bowie, my third choice. And for fourth, my long shot pick, I'm going to go with number seven favorite, Chick, at 20-1. to one. Uh, The full sister here to Tell Cartel. Second last time out in the Cypress Handicap. So that looks good. Also fifth in the Las Damas. And the multiple stakes qualifier for favorite chick just hasn't been up first, second, or third in most of these graded stakes of events. We'll see what happens here in the Denim and Diamonds on Saturday. So in the eighth race on Saturday, I've got the five, Kiss Through Fire, on top. The eight, Tequila Sangria for second. Number six, Wambui for third. And the seven, favorite chick for fourth. Five, five eight, six, seven in the Denim and Diamonds. Support for the podcast is brought to you by Flare Strips. During intensive exercise, horses can only breathe through their nose and not their mouth. That means all oxygen needed for exercise can only pass through the nasal passages, the narrowest part of the upper airway. A significant portion of the nasal passages is supported by bone or cartilage. When breathing hard, the soft tissue overlying this unsupported region is sucked inward, reducing the nasal passages and greatly increasing resistance to air intake. Studies showed that during exercise, over 50% of resistance to air flow to the lungs comes from the nasal passages. Flare equine nasal strips make breathing easier by providing a spring-like force that gently supports the soft tissues over the nasal passages so they collapse less. Numerous studies prove that the strips improve air flow to the lungs, reduce fatigue, reduce lung bleeding, and quicken recovery. Visit flarestrips.com for more information. I didn't get a chance to conduct any new interviews this week, but I decided to 
re-upload a couple of older I did from one of my first episodes that some of you may not have heard yet. So I got a couple on here for you. This one is from around June of last year with retired jockey James Lackey, a winner of 148 races in his career with over $2 million in earnings. Piloted horses like Cash Rate, He's a Joy, Past Due Payment, Such an Easy Effort, and most notably, First Down Dash. Ladies and gentlemen, James Lackey. All right, James, first of all, I don't know if you've heard about the Riadoso sale situation. I kind of want to get your thoughts on that if you've heard about it. Yeah, I know they're moving it to the Lazy E, and uh, uh, of course I'm in Albuquerque right now, and the governor just spoke today again, and uh, you know she's implemented some pretty strict travel restrictions here for the state, so uh, I think it has its pros and cons moving it, especially for people wanting to come to the sale from out of state, but I don't know where we're at as far as people leaving the state and coming back in and uh, rejoining their workforce. I don't quite understand. Uh, she's kind of saying if you leave the state and come back, you got to self-quarantine for 14 days. So right. uh, I'm kind of anxious. They'll, they'll reach a lot of people going to the Lazy I think, you know, they can seat 8,000 people there in that arena, and it's a good venue, it's open, and uh, I, I think it's probably a safe thing to do at this this stage of the, uh, whatever the pandemic we're in. <laughs> All right, now into a little questions about you here. How'd you get introduced to quarter horse racing? Oh, my dad, uh, he was a, a home builder by trade, but he got to be good friends with a, uh, another home builder named J.B. Montgomery. And uh, J.B. got into training racehorses, and uh, he trained for Clary Spencer, who owned Top Moon. And J.B. would later go on to train Ladybug's Moon and, and some really nice horses. And kind of got my dad interested in it, and my brother and I, we kind of go to Raton, New Mexico and help him out during the summer, some uh, Mr. Montgomery, and then my dad kind of got in it a little bit, just kind of a weekend thing. He never really did full-time. That was probably around when I was about 10 years old or something, I guess. When did you start your jockey career? Actually, I never got into a flat saddle. And started trying to gallop till I was 14. And uh, that's kind of when my dad was getting a little more involved. And uh, 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 we had a guy riding for us, and he was very talented, but he's really tall. <laughs> and so he agreed to. But I guess the funny thing about it is that I was 14, and I weighed 140 pounds and was about 5'2". <laughs> <laughs> fixed and would go to one year of college after high school she'd help me 
And of course, I started getting taller then, and the weight started coming off. And I actually never rode my first race till the fall of my 16-year-old year. So I was a pretty late bloomer when it came. Uh, a lot of guys my age, Jackie Martin was a couple months older than me. You know, they'd been riding races since they were 12 and 14. Yeah. You know, so I was pretty. Pretty far behind when it came to talent-wise to those guys. Well, how long did you end up riding for? I rode for 23 years. 23 years, wow. Yeah. Uh, why'd you decide to retire? Uh, I broke my neck in a training accident in 1992 at Remington Park. And uh, I was off a year. And, uh, I... I I had a hard time. The doctor, my original physician, would not release me to ride because he said if I took another spill like that, I, I should have been paralyzed or in a wheelchair or dead, he said, actually. and But for whatever reason, God didn't make it that way. But he said if, some, if I had another fall, that's what would end up happening to me. And it was the first doctor that kind of actually instilled a little bit of fear in me. And I was off a year and came back and was riding at Remington and winning races. But uh, I was a little bit fearful. And it's just one of those professions. It's kind of like being a bullfighter. If you're afraid of getting hurt, don't put on the clown suit, right? Right. So it's kind of the same way with riding racehorses. Uh, you can't, you shouldn't have any fear. I think there's some that do, but you're going to hurt yourself or somebody. You're not fair to the owners or trainers. And, uh, and then I, I didn't think it's fair to my family. Should I would have an accident and I should be put in a wheelchair. I didn't think it's fair to my family, you know, just for my own benefit to be a jockey to ask them to take care of me for the rest of my life. <laughs> so that's when I decided to quit. Some of the top horses you rode were uh, Cash Rate and First Down Dash. Do you have a favorite memory from those two? Uh, I love Cash Rate. He was, uh, I rode a lot of that family uh, for Phil Trance and Sleepy Gilbert. I was training and he'd send them to Blaine Swanville and, uh, that mayor, Cherry Lake, the thoroughbred he was out of, uh, got everything she spit out, seemed to be a runner, you know. But that horse was, you know, he didn't really start his career till he was five. And he's world champion when he was five at, in 1985 and got beat a nose in the champion of champions in 1986. He was still champion gilding that year and age horse, but he didn't get world champion. And uh, But he just uh, uh, had a real good personality, and he was just great to be around. And then uh, he got Clytosex and died, and Lane Swanevelt picked first down dash up as a three-year-old, and, and uh, that horse was just... Uh, uh, he was a unique individual and uh, uh, just full of fire and run. 
and uh, I think that's what made him desire he was too, you know. Yeah, another horse you rode a couple of times. I don't think you rode him very much. I was kind of curious to see if you remembered him. Was uh, Digging for Gold, a $400,000 money earner. I was wondering if you remembered him at all. Yeah, we won the uh, – I can't uh, – I, when he was two, I wasn't full-time rider for Swanavelt at the time. Uh, Kenny Hart was. And he had – I can't remember – uh, you probably researched it. He, he ran in the All-American Finals or the first consolation. But anyway, the next year we came back and I was riding first call for Blaine. And he won the um, uh, All-American first consolation. That's when uh, the Derby, that's when the Derbies, the Derbies and the Gold Cup, they were really high right at that time. That was the while the All-Americans still worth a million. Uh, he was owned by Bob Moore, the car dealer in Oklahoma City, and, and has a big ranch there. Actually, we had another, we had a filly out of that man named Prissy Goldigger. Oh, yeah. And, uh, 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 she was really good one, too. Yeah. And so I, I really liked that. as a nice stallion, uh, digging for gold was. And, uh, so, uh, yeah, I was I, just curious I, because my grandpa ended up buying him and stood him at stud at our place. And a matter of fact, he's buried out there now. Oh, really? And where is that at? Uh, Northwest Arkansas. Yeah, I see you from, okay. Yeah, I, I, uh, oh, I go through my pictures every once in a while and somebody actually posted that picture of him. Yeah, it was probably me. <laughs> Yeah, it might have been. <laughs> but uh, yeah. uh, but uh, that was when uh, I think John Steinbow was the assistant that, that year also. Uh, was there a certain was, was there a certain person that might have given you some pointers or tips for your riding style that kind of stuck with you throughout your career? You know, the guy, Robert Hayes, there from Oklahoma that got me started, uh, uh, he was tall, taller than me, but he kind of, uh, you know, instilled in me the quietness on the horse. And, of course, then, you know, we didn't have the Internet and, and, and you know, things like that. And, you know, you'd go to a racetrack and there'd be Jackie Martin or Jerry Burgess or Jerry Nicodemus and you'd kind of watch those guys and try to pick up kind of things they did but incorporate it into your own style. And, uh, you know, and just talking to them, and Bobby Adair from California and Danny Cardoza. And, I mean, a lot of that's just... Uh, I was so tall, uh, and I think it was Robert that pointed out to me, well, since you're so tall, you have to sit real still and keep your center of gravity and let the horse do his job, you know. Yeah. And so that that's what I uh, – and I think Jackie Martin was one of the better gate riders I ever rode with, and uh, – uh, you know, he installed into me to you. You got to have your feet behind you and push off 
with the horse as he leaves the gate uh, instead of letting the horse I call it water skiing a lot of these <laughs> guys do nowadays they you see their butt jerk up out of the kind of like the you know the, the boat pulling you up out of the water it's kind of <laughs> like the horse pulling them up out of the gate right. you know so instead of instead of pushing off with the horse and and helping him you're making the horse work harder by pulling you out with him, you know. Right. You mentioned Blaine Shawnevelt earlier. Uh, how fun was it to work with a legend like that? It was a pain in the ass. I love that guy. I was very fortunate. You know, my dad, uh, uh, he thought so much of Sleepy Gilbert and then uh, – and then I went to California with Gordon Steinmiller, and my dad didn't really get to know Gordon, which Gordon was a super guy, too, and a great horseman, and we did a lot of good. But then my dad got to know Blaine a little bit, and and uh, and so Blaine and Sleepy were kind of like father figures when I was away from home. And, uh, but Blaine was uh, – Blaine had a heart of gold, but Blaine was uh, – uh, tough you know he wanted you to be the best that you could be you know yeah and he uh uh i tell you what we uh i, I was fourth and fifth call rider for a long time and that was a great spot to be in <laughs> you know I, that's when i got cash rated i was like fourth call maybe and uh, uh, that's when he'd run three or four in a stake you know right and uh, of course, him belonging to Phillips and Sleepy sent him out there to help too. But that when uh, him and Kenny kind of had whatever was their their relationship ended, he told me I was number one, and I told him I didn't want to be number one. <laughs> <laughs> but he was uh, we could win four, three or four races in a night. And get in the car to go to airport to fly to Rio Dosa the next day and he'd drive the whole way about that $2,500 horse that got left in the starting gate. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, and, yeah. But he just, uh, you know, he was a perfectionist but he, and, he, and he expected that from you but it was only because he wanted you, like I said, he wanted you to be the best that you could possibly be. What have you, you know? been up to since your retirement? Oh, God, I trained for about 12 years. I trained for five years from a lady, uh, Sandy Irwin, NSC Farms out of, uh, uh, she's from Dallas and her farm was in Whitesboro and uh, she was leading owner and 2002 AQHA when I was training for then I trained for uh, Joe Kirk Fulton for four or five years and then I trained for Lucas Racing out of Maryland for a year and he kind of sold his horses when we moved to California and I worked for Cody Joyner first as assistant for a while and then Sleepy asked me if I'd come back uh to Texas and and work for him as an assistant, and I, I did a stint with him, and and uh, 
and I went uh, was assistant with Ted Curl, and now I'm assistant with uh, Jimmy Pageant, and uh, so I, I've really been real blessed. I've been around. I was around a lot of great horses when I rode, and I've been around a lot of great horses since then. And uh, uh, Jesse first down, Ochoa. Oh yeah. You know, there's just a uh, uh, long list of them, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's so, why I, mean, I just, you know, God bless me for some reason, and and it's just. Uh, 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 I've been very fortunate to to be around some, you know, and, I, and even when I was riding, I rode a lot of nice horses. I was telling somebody the other day that never made it to the races. You know, I ride the, I ride the fair circuits in Colorado and and uh, Washington and and uh, Idaho and Utah and. There were just I rode a lot of good horses that the owners or the trainers just couldn't afford to get them to the races, you know. Yeah. And, uh, so. <clears throat> Stayed pretty busy, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, it was fun, you know. Blaine, he he liked, you know, he'd go, he'd get a lot of runners from the Intermountain region. He had a lot of. People that keep our eye out for good horses, you know, and he'd send me up to them little uh, tracks in Idaho and Washington around and to ride something. But he really sent me up there to see if I saw anything fast he might want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but uh, so, uh, but uh, 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 that, 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 that man there was just a. Uh, a unique individual. He, yeah, he had a heart of gold. If somebody was really in need of something, uh, you know, he he was the first one there to help him out. Last know? thing I got for you here. What was your favorite memory from your jockey career? Oh, I tell everybody. I think the fa my favorite moment in time was uh, uh, I had my dad. Uh, and and the lady that uh, he was with for so long after my mom passed away, uh, I flew them out for the '85 Champion of Champions, and uh, I think that was uh, when Cash Rate won that. I tell everybody, you can kind of look at the picture, and I think my dad just about pushed Blaine out of the picture, <laughs> but uh, just to see that. Uh, uh, just to see him have that much joy over something like that was probably the best thing uh, that I had had experienced as a rider. Sunday at Los Alamitos, the Los Alamitos Maiden Stakes will be held. Non-black type, $101,000 purse, three-year-olds at 350 yards. Let's look at the qualifiers. For the maiden stakes, beginning with the fastest qualifier, Illusion Eagle. A three-year-old gelding by one fabulous eagle out of the forestry mare, Oklahoma Rain. Owned by Salon Gallegos, Jaime Gomez the trainer, and Oscar Pinedo with the ride. Two for two in 2021 is Illusion Eagle. Won an allowance race in January before his maiden stakes trial three weeks later. Also won a maiden race three races back, so he's won three races in a row. And before that was second in the Los Al 2 million trial, so he seems to be getting on the right track here as of lately before that 
His first four starts were at Riodosa Downs. His best finish was third against Maiden Company. He must like sea level a lot better than 6,500 feet. An Illusion Eagle of $16,000 in earnings, three wins from eight starts on the fastest qualifier. Second fastest out of Dodge. A three-year-old gelding by favorite cartel out of the walk-through fire mirror. You can fly. Carlos Avalos, the owner. Jose Flores trains and Erasmo Gasca with the ride in the trials, that is. One for one in 2021 without a Dodge. One is Maiden Stakes trial, of course. Going back to December of 2020, won a Maiden race at Los Alamitos, so he's won his last two. Before that, his best finish was fourth against Maiden Claiming Company out at Los Al. 8600 in earnings for out of Dodge. Third fastest, Special Royal Eagle, a gelding by one famous eagle out of the Strawfly Special Mare, a royal goddess owned by Abigail Kawanakoa, Chris O'Dell, the trainer, and Eduardo Nicasio with the ride. Still a maiden, his Special Royal Eagle was second in the maiden stakes trials last time out. Prior two races to that was eighth in both of those, second in some trials at Los Alamitos in September, as well as in his Edberg Million trial in June. So he's had eight starts, three seconds, 4,600 in earnings for Special Royal Eagle. Fourth fastest, Secretly Love, a two, three-year-old filly, I should say, by favorite cartel out of the walkthrough fire, Mayor Secretly Hot, Gerardo Garcia, the owner-breeder, Valentin Zamudio, the trainer, and Ruben Lozano with the ride. Third in the trials in her only timeout in 2021 for Secretly Love. Two races back, sixth in the Los Al 2 million trials, fifth in the Golden State million trials, Best start besides that Los Alamitos Maiden Stakes trial with a second-place finish against Maiden Company back in April of last year. 3400 in earnings for Secretly Love. Fifth fastest up for you. Three-year-old filly by favorite cartel out of the Kitty Up Mare. Up for it. Ed Allred, the owner-breeder in California. Scott Willoughby, the trainer. Oscar Andrade Jr. will have the ride, or at least have the ride in the trials. Only time out this year was second in the Maiden Stakes trials. Only four starts lifetime for Up For You. And they've all been on the board a third and three seconds. Most of them against Maiden Company. $6,100 in earnings for Up For You. Next we have Sully. Three-year-old gelding by one famous eagle out of the Royal Quick Dash Mare. Royally Sandra makes him a half-brother to Determined One, who was third in the All-American Futurity a couple of years ago. On by Rosenthal Ranch, Chris O'Dell trains, Eduardo Nicasio with the call. One for one. This year is solely one of Maiden Stakes trial, as well as a Maiden race, two races back. It's been pretty consistent, though. Eight starts, two wins, two seconds, and three thirds. 12,000 in earnings for this New Mexico bred by R.D. Hubbard in Sully. Now we have Communicate, three-year-old cold tier by PYC Paint Your Wagon out of the Cuvée Mare Fauvet. Adolfo Perez and Eduardo Perez, the owners, Monterosa Trains, and Jose Nicasio had the ride in the trials, a Kentucky bred here by Gentry Farms. Seven starts lifetime for Communicate. Been on the board three of those times, earning $5,200. Was second in the Maiden Stakes trials last time out. Third against Maiden Company back in, in December. And besides that, ran second in a Maiden race in September. And then fourth a couple of times his first time out at Riodosa Downs done a little bit better since arriving at Los Alamitos in Communicate. Eighth fastest qualifier, two sass for you. Owned by Alejandro Ibarra, Matthew Fails the trainer, and Armando Cervantes with the ride. She's my favorite cartel out of the first down dash mare, first down sass. Five starts lifetime for two sass for you. Won this year in a maiden stakes trial. Got the win in the trial. Two races back, second against maiden company. 
fourth against Maiden Company back in October, fifth in her first time out in May. Five starts, one win, one second, 5,800 in earnings for two sass for you. Ninth fastest, Chance It Now, a Philly by favorite cartel out of the separatist Mary Lon's last. At all red, the owner breeder, Scott Willoughby Trains, and Oscar Andrade Jr. with the ride. Second in the trials last time out, two races back, won a maiden race in December and was seventh prior to that. Three starts lifetime with 5,900 in earnings for the ninth fastest qualifier, Chance It Now. And tenth fastest is Steamy. Steamy is by Kitty Up out of the walkthrough fire mare, warm form. At all red, the owner and breeder, Cesar de Alba, the trainer, and Cesar Franco with the ride. One start this year, of course, in the stakes trials was fourth in the trial. Two races back, second against Maiden Company in December. Also second previous two times. So three seconds in four races for Steamy, 5,900 in earnings. Now, I've said this before, these Maiden Stakes races Really wide open. You can pick them however you want, and we'll see if you can get it right. But I went ahead and went with the fastest qualifier, Illusion Eagle. I really like these one fabulous Eagles, and he's done really well here as of late since arriving at Los Alamitos, so I can't expect him to do any differently yet until he proves me different. But I've got him in for the win without a dodge, the second fastest qualifier in there for second, a back-to-back winner coming into the Maiden Stakes final, 8,600 in earnings for out of dodge as my second choice. For third, I'm going to go with Up For You. He's done really well in, his, in her career. Been on the board all four times. Three seconds and the third. Can't argue with that. Might finally have what it takes to break a maiden in the maiden stakes in Up For You. And for fourth, I'm going to go with Communicate, the colt in the field, the lone colt in the field. Of course, he's still a maiden. Has only lit the board three times in seven starts, but has been, been improving since arriving at Los Alamitos. So we'll see if he can do even better this time out and the maiden stakes. So I have a Lucian Eagle, out of Dodge, up for you, and communicate in the Los Alamitos maiden stakes on Sunday. Here's an interview I did back in July of last year with Tommy Bird, a retired jockey who won 900 races and quarter horses and 400 races in thoroughbreds, making over 1 million in thoroughbreds and 6.8 million in the quarter horses. His top horses consist of Cash Alliance, Black Oak Special, Kiss of Corona, and Optimizer. Ladies and gentlemen, Tommy Bird. Okay, so Tommy, how did you first get into horse racing? Who introduced you to that? Well, I guess my dad did. He, uh, he was, uh, I was small and trying to make decisions about what I was going to do, and, and and I was in high school, and he took me down to uh, Hot Springs at a time or two, and I got to Washington, and I thought, well, that's a job, you know, maybe I could do. Uh, uh, anyway, I was small enough. Uh, when did you first start riding, and where was your first race you rode in? Um. Stroud, Oklahoma, and yeah, uh, I was, uh, I don't remember what year it was, but I was 17, I believe. And how long did you ride? Uh, between 27 and 30 years. I'm not sure exactly. Wow, wow. What was your favorite thing about being a jockey? Uh, 
Well, um, uh, well, it just uh, all bounces back to the interaction of uh, with the horses, you know, and right. and the camaraderie of the uh, of the jockeys inside the building, you know. Now, not many jockeys can say they were successful riding quarter horses and thoroughbreds. What was the key for you to be successful riding both breeds? Well, uh, I just was always felt like I was learning. I even uh, felt like I was still learning when I uh, had to stop riding, but. Uh, uh, I just learned that uh, I had to ride them different, and uh, and uh, try to correspond to you know what the horse uh, you know listen to the horse a little bit instead of the horse listening to me all the time because uh, even even if you're trying to load a horse in a, a trailer. You know, there's two of you there to love the horse, you and the horse. And if you don't ever realize that, well, you're just there trying to love the horse. And, 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 uh, and you're going to be the one to make that happen, but it's not. It's you and the horse. The horse has to uh, be in on the deal. Now, what were some of the hardest injuries to come back from? I know being a jockey, it's not a matter of if you get hurt, it's when and how bad. Yeah, uh, probably back surgery was uh, uh, the, uh, the longest one. And and I was having trouble with my back and I was waiting for winter time, but uh I went off my horse and and broke my arm, so I went ahead and I thought, well, I'll kill two birds with one stone, so I had a broke, broken arm, and I just thought, well, I'll just do that back surgery right now and get that over with. Now, what was it that kept you riding for so many years? Just the love of the game or love of the horses, or what was it? Yeah, yeah. Um, that plus uh, um, well, that's all I really knew how <laughs> to do, you know. But but yeah, uh, love the horses, love the game. One of the best horses you rode was 1993 Blue Ribbon Derby winner Cash Alliance. What can you tell us that you remember of that horse? Well, he was a uh, he was just a real big, heavy, heavy horse, and um, he would—he uh, was real stout, and he would pull the ground out from under him and, and fall nearly every time away from there. And I had to uh, had to uh, just uh, really not get a hold of his mane and break it in his mouth enough to hold him up uh, 
I don't know if they can get his feet back under him real good. And he could he could literally fly. <laughs> Who would you say some of the fastest horses were that you ever rode? Um, well, uh, I rode one uh, one figure. <laughs> Now, Ronnie's your what now? My grandfather. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wrote one for your uh, grandpa. Uh, was it strategic commander? Yeah, she was. She was really fast. And matter of fact, um, I was on her when she when she. Uh, Oh, when that, yeah, when she broke both, when he broke both of his legs. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't a very good deal there. But yeah, we still say he's one of the fastest we had. Yeah, and, uh, and Trivia Bug, that won three legs of the black gold on Trivia Bug. And, uh, would have won the championship. And that was real muddy, deep, deep on the inside. And, uh. And they were kicking up dust on the outside, and I just got caught flying uh, 40 yards by uh, one of the one of the oh shoot. Uh, Jack Bruce's horses, uh, well, two of them, two of them caught me right at the wire. And what have you been up to since your retirement? I worked in the law field, and, and uh, I did that just just a tad before I uh, started riding, and then uh, and then I went back and. Work, work something on the field afterwards. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this week. I uh, hope you enjoyed those re-uploads of those interviews with James Lackey and Tommy Bird that I put on here. Uh, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a podcast here in the future because racing is about to go full speed again once Remington Park opens up and Sam Houston, Delta Downs, once all those spring tracks get going. And then we'll have Mardi Gras Futurity Trials soon to Louisiana Downs at the beginning of March. So that's all that to look forward to. Good luck to everybody in the stakes races this weekend out in California. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>